Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is No More Glasses. All right. I love this conversation and I wanted to have our guest on today because I wear glasses. I work at the computer a lot and behind the scenes, I have my glasses on. My son actually loves them. He's like, don't ever get rid of your glasses. I'm like, well, if I can, I'm going to. (laughs) Um, It's just one more thing to think about, right? I don't mind my cute glasses, but I'm very fascinated, obviously, about all kinds of healing and whether, you know, just whether we can heal ourselves in all different ways. Like I'm just endlessly curious about looking into the different ways that we can reverse certain ailments, that we can um, heal our hearts, that we can think different ways, that we can shift our frequency, shift our reality. And so I wanted to have this conversation from this amazing guest, Jake Steiner, um, about glasses and about how he was able to not wear glasses anymore. He wore glasses when he was young and he tells a story in this episode and he no longer, he has fixed his vision. I'm going to say that he has fixed his vision. So that fascinated me. And I wanted to dive into all the things with him, which we do in this episode. And if you wear glasses or if you don't wear glasses, I just think that you'll find this personally interesting, um, the way that we can learn what is possible for human beings, right? So many times we have outside influences telling us what is is and isn't possible, what we can do in our life and not do in our life. And really there's no time for that anymore. This is 2021. And if you're listening to the show, you're likely an empath or a light worker or a sovereign being, um, a enlightened person, a free thinking person, um, and you're fascinated by these topics, right? Spirituality and holistic healing and things of that nature. And so us as a community, we send out a positive energy into the world. And it's time we start to expand that more and more as the world goes through big changes, right? That are ever present and will continue on. So Jake Steiner, my guest today, is a semi-retired stock trader and investor. His personal passion is understanding human eyesight, and he has spent the past 20 years in vision biology science, exploring natural myopia control. Jake hosts the web's largest vision improvement community with many tens of thousands of participants and has written over 1,200 articles on vision biology and myopia control. So with no further ado, let's welcome Jake Steiner to the show. Hey, Jake, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I have to fill everybody in on our little conversation before we started. Jake is on an island um, outside of Thailand, right? 
correct. Yeah. Yes. And did not plan to be there all this year of 2020. So um, plans that we've talked on the show a lot about people's plans changing and situations changing. And I just thought that was a fascinating tidbit since I'm here in Southern California and you're on the other side of the world and it's morning for you and night for me. And I love technology because we can bring, you know, great minds and great information together and share that. And I know we're going to do that today. And I wanted to start, uh, Jake, by having you kind of take us back a little bit on uh, what made you become interested in eyesight period? What made you become interested in myopia? And how did this journey begin for you? Sure, absolutely. So I grew up wearing glasses, like in my mid-teens or so, my parents took me to the optometrist and I was told that I would need glasses because I couldn't see clear enough at a distance. I never, I was never really aware of this, um, but I actually really enjoyed glasses. I don't love admitting that, but you know, we went in there and I got all this attention and got to pick cool frames and walked outside with glasses. Everything was super sharp and super clear. Um, and then every year or two, the glasses correction amount went up a little bit um, to the point where I just, I used to like sports and we played water polo and swimming and everything. And the stronger the glasses got, the less I could do while wearing the glasses. And I got scared of like the ball come flying at me and all that stuff. So I'd really turn into more of a book person and then that continued and I didn't ever really think about it till actually ironically I was in Thailand at the time I don't spend much time in Thailand but that's where the story started where I was at minus five which is strong enough to where you cannot find your glasses without your glasses like you can't see anything but also the side effect is your eyes look really small like the stronger the lenses are the smaller your eyes look behind them and I was single at the time and vanity, who knows, but I was looking at myself in the mirror and the idea of these little piggy eyes getting even smaller because they told me I would need even stronger glasses at that point. I couldn't find taxis at night was kind of the starting point. Um, Got me researching and this was sort of before the internet was what it is today. So I spent a lot of time in libraries. I was traveling a lot, talked to a lot of optometrists and over time figured out that what biology tells us and what clinical science tells us is completely different what the people tell us that sell glasses. Interesting. And so, so how did the journey begin with you? Do you still wear glasses today or what take us from, you know, your own personal journey to where it is for you today? So no, I don't wear any glasses today. Um, I don't need glasses. I haven't worn glasses in many years. Um, it took me a very long time to figure it out because figuring out that our eyes are not broken, there's no genetic defect, there's no illness. For anybody who's wearing glasses or contact lenses listening to this, there's n- absolutely nothing wrong with your eyes. And I'll explain that more a little bit in detail later. But that took me a while to figure out. And it's in biology books and it's in peer-reviewed clinical science and it's it's not a question. So then But going from there, I'm like, okay, so these glasses are just, they caused my eyes to adjust to finding the way to readjust my eyes took a long time because I had to guess about how that stimulus works. And I started reducing the power of my glasses, basically it's a short version. And it took years and years of making those reductions to where I realized that this works. And then 
eventually some friends got curious and eventually their friends got curious. And eventually still before the internet, I had like pilots, like fighter pilots and, and surgeons and, and, and uh, athletes and all kinds of people that somehow ended up in this circle of, we can improve our eyes and through them all, we learned how to make this a lot more efficient. So today um, we obviously have a website and a community that's hundreds of thousands of people that now you can improve your eyesight by about a doctor a year. And it doesn't matter what age you are or what you do or where you're from. So it's been, it's a side project because I'm a, I'm an investor and a stock trader, and this is not really what I do professionally, but it's fascinating how a community has come together of people that, that all are working on this goal of seeing the world through their own eyes again. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm personally interested in this because I have glasses. I'm wearing them right now as we're talking. And, um, and I became fascinated with this because I've never had a problem with my eyesight my whole entire life. I didn't even think twice about it ever. I read tons of books. I read tons of stuff all the time. You know, I never even considered having glasses. And when I began um, spending more time on the computer, I actually felt like this is going to seem really strange, but the energy coming off of the computer, like causing my eyes, you know what I mean? Like, you know, how you're in front of a screen and your eyes get tired. I felt like that started to occur for me and then not long after that, you know, I went to an eye check and they were like, you need some glasses. And for a long time, I didn't wear them. And then it became, oh gosh, you know, I'm on the computer more. I'm on the computer more. And, and over time, I've just seen such a marked change, right, in, for the negative in it. And, and I do spend, I run an online business, so I spend a lot of time on the computer. And by the end of the day, my eyes do feel tired. And so I know all of us, I think, are probably in the presence of technology so much more today than maybe 10 years ago and certainly 20 years ago. How is that affecting eyesight? In the general population, can I just ask you real quick? Can you can you not see clearly far away or up close? Uh, great question. Close. Okay. All right. Okay. It's similar thing, slightly different from the main approach, but will still apply. So, by the way, also, do you notice when you're looking at the screen how you see the screen reflecting in your glasses? Uh, I'm yes. noticing this as we talk. Like those are issues, right? Like because all those reflections are just you're not getting a clear image and it's causing a lot of stress in your visual cortex, having to take out those reflections that are, that are in the lens. My That's eyes cool. are stressed. I'm telling you <laughs> like they feel stressed, which is when I was reading your information and I know that's different than myopia. Can you define that, you know, for what's myopia exactly? And then what we're talking about? Yeah. So myopia is you can't see clearly far away. Um, also caused by the screens. And then there's hyperopia, which means you can't see clearly up close. And then there's presbyopia, which tends to happen for people a little bit later on in life, like later 30s. Depends when the optometrist catches you and depends how much you use screens. Um, that's mostly related to the lens, the focusing part of the eye hardening a little bit. But all similar, all part, all of these things are what connects them together is that we spend a lot of time staring at screens and not looking at the real world around us. Like that is the, 
what you're asking about technology is exactly the issue. We're spending so much time at this half arm length distance staring at a screen and our eyes are not designed for that. And there's a lot, I mean, it's a huge rabbit hole to get into, but, but it all starts with, it used to be books and then it was a little bit less of an issue and a little bit affecting less people. But now that it's screens, it's like, for example, in Hong Kong and in Singapore, the incidence rate, so people that have problems with eyes, school-aged children is over 90% now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, everybody. It's So what, what's happening to our eyes with these screens? So the very basic version, and I like to, I, I've listened to some of your podcasts and I really like your approach. Um, contrasting to that, I, I'm, I have a little bit of a different angle normally of how I discuss these things. So I'll just cover that just very briefly. Um, the website scholar.google.com. It's like Google, but only for clinical science. And a lot of the things that I reference, you can look up on Google Scholar to see that there's a lot of studies that substantiate these things, which is how I generally approach topics that I don't understand, even though that's not the only way. So the very, very short version is you're looking at something up close. There is a lens in your eye that is flexible and it shapes itself based on the distance of something you look at to focus the light in the back of your eye where your retina is. And there's a focusing muscle. It's a circular muscle. It's a very cool, cool piece of biology. It's a circular muscle that tightens up to shape that lens. And the closer you look at something, the tighter that muscle gets. And <clears throat> by design, it, it's intended to be used for relatively short periods of time in this tight state, right? Like in nature, you would look at something up close, certainly, but not for five hours at a time. So this muscle just stays super tight for the whole time that you're in front of your computer. And the only thing that happens now is when you look again at a distance, the muscle doesn't relax completely. It's a muscle spasm. And if you go to scholar.google.com and you type in pseudomyopia, so meaning not actual myopia, not actual short-sightedness, you'll get tens of thousands of results that are all clinical study references that talk about this muscle spasm. So the first time you go to the optometrist and say you need glasses, they're treating a muscle spasm, but instead of treating a muscle spasm, they just sell you lenses that move the light in your eye and ignore that muscle spasm. And once you have those lenses, you're going to need stronger ones every year, every few years. Mm, that's so annoying to me. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, things like that are just so, so how are you able, so if your eye can be trained to the lens, right, that, that it's using the lens and, and you're needing more of a prescription as time goes on, are you saying then that you can back off of that and readjust I've, your eyesight? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I also want to throw out this, this thing that this is kind of a weird personal thing, I guess, because of in this topic, the word prescription, it's, it's a clear curved piece of plastic and it never was a medical device until the lens manufacturer spent millions of dollars lobbying for laws to be made that not everybody can sell clear lenses. And the reason they did that is because those things that are in front of your face, one of them costs two to three dollars to the optometrist. Like, like these are the whole, I have all the wholesale prices for lenses, two to three bucks, but they sell them for hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. And the only way they can accomplish that is only optometrists can sell them. They call them prescriptions and they call you a patient. But 
if you just take a step away from it for a second, they're just clear pieces of plastic, right? Like the whole thing is just, they're making thousands of percent of profit by making you feel like you're a patient and this is some kind of a medical device. So I never call these things prescriptions because it puts you in a frame of mind like there's something wrong with you. Great. That is a great distinction. And also what's interesting, coming up to this interview, I was thinking about the fact that you know, um, like we might go to a doctor and get a, you know, a physical every year, maybe if you feel like that's important, but my doctor never calls me and says, come get your physical. You need your physical. Like they don't call me. I would have to check in with them, but the optometrist does call me often and tell me to come back in and get checked, which I find so fascinating. Right. And if I don't answer, they keep calling me, which is not typical, I feel like, of the medical profession. You know, you kind of take responsibility for your own care and making the appointment and making sure you get there, um, but it's not the same. So that was just something I noticed as I was kind of thinking through my journey um, with lenses and and something that I thought was interesting and distinctive about it. Yeah, there's another thing I think that's interesting and distinctive that usually you don't get medical care in a shopping mall. <laughs> very true very right, like, true right it's a very and i and i get i used to get a lot of angry mail for this in the past before we got as big as we are now because i really like pointing this out these things cost two to three dollars they're clear piece of plastic like what makes this what in the world makes this a prescription right only lobbying that created laws that protect the profit margin Lots of countries, like in Thailand, you can buy whatever glasses you want. You just tell them the number and they give them to you, right? Like, because it's not, it's a, it, you're not going to overdose on them, right? Like there's not right. anything going to go wrong. If you wear the wrong ones, you're just not going to see properly. So this whole thing is hiding. And I'm not saying it's a, a conspiracy, but it's, it's making it much less clear to what's actually going on. And the glasses, what the glasses do, the really short biology version is, your eye doesn't know that you're wearing glasses. And the eye has the retinas in the back, the thing that interprets the signal, the lenses in the front, right? The whole thing is a ball. And the light focuses through that ball to the retina on the back. The lens keeps adjusting. So it's a whole, it's a really fine-tuned mechanism. And the whole ball adjusts in length. It gets longer and shorter. And that, that length, they have measured length changes in within like an hour. Your eyeball length adjusts based on this, the visual signal, right? Because the ball is never perfect. Nothing in your body always stays 100% the same. So it has a built-in mechanism to adjust. When you put glasses in front of it, it moves the light in your eye further back. It's called hyperopic to focus. It's also on Google Scholar. But your eye doesn't know, doesn't know anything about lenses. So it now thinks there's something wrong with it and it's too short. So the lens itself, the signal from the lens causes the eyeball to elongate itself. And it elongating means the light needs to travel further. And that in turn means that you have higher myopia, your vision is worse, you need stronger glasses. So the glasses directly create the need for more glasses. Fascinating. So what about, what about farsightedness? Does the same type of way to kind of restore work for farsightedness? It generally works. And the, the question there for farsightedness, is it, is it age-related? So is it presbyopia? Did the lens harden? Or has it, has it happened before the lens hardening has become an issue? 
in either case, you can't reverse the lens hardening. Like that, that is what it is. But in the 20 years that I've been doing this, I've never met somebody, not that there isn't somebody, but it's never become a topic that anybody who's improved their vision still needed glasses for anything. Right? Like you can be 90 and not need glasses for farsightedness. It's just you become dependent on the lenses. Yeah. Right? Like the first time you wore them, you didn't really need them. No. You were just like, hey, this is nice. And then you get used to them. Right. And then as you got used to them, it's like drugs kind of. It is like a drug. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you need stronger and then strong. You don't need stronger ones. But when you get stronger ones, you're like, hey, that is even nicer. Right. Like I'm back to that original feeling of that's very relaxing. So your dependence on the lens increases. And in most cases, you can decrease that back to a point where you're not having to depend on a lens to sit in front of your computer. Okay. So here's my question then. If that's the case and you are going to do that right <clears throat> by, by taking like, what is it? Backing up your, your lens per, I don't know. What do you call it other than prescription? Um, I call it a subscription actually. Subscription. Um, <laughs> that's so good. Okay. So you're going to like back up your lens subscription. What's happening in the interim? Cause like, you know, I'm just speaking for myself personally, but like if you said, okay, take the lenses off and try to work the next day and do anything, that wouldn't work, right? So how does how are we able to like see in that process? So the the lenses are sold in in little tiny increments called diopters. And diopters is just a fancy way to say how far or how close can you see clearly. They directly translate to that, that centimeter or, or inches in distance. And for example, if you have a plus 1.5 diopters, you just go one increment down, right? Instead of plus 1.5, you go to what's plus 1.25. That's the next lower amount. And it's just a little bit lower. Like you're barely going to notice it. The only difference will be when you when you get closer to the screen, things will be a little bit blurrier, a little bit sooner. You basically just, because I never sold you glasses all the way to the current diopters that you're at, they slowly increase them in general, right? So you're doing the same exact thing in reverse. You're just very slowly decreasing them. You're going down by that little tiny quarter diopter. And then for three months, four months, however long you want to, you wear those till they feel exactly the same like your old glasses did. And then you do the same thing again, right? Every three to four months, you just take a little tiny nudgy step back down. I love this. So how do you, do you, do people get the lenses through you? How do you get lenses and be able to step it down? I would make so much money. I would be amazing. <laughs> With the laws here, right? <laughs> you would. I would love that. I would love that. I would love that because basically people are buying glasses for, for the distance vision issue. You, you're buying two pairs of glasses because now the way you're doing it for, for nearsightedness is you never wear the glasses you wear for distance vision while you're in front of the computer. Right. You and me talking, for you personally, that it's a slightly different issue. But for most people that are nearsighted, the, the problem starts with you wearing the glasses intended for distance vision while you're working up close. And that is the thing that it makes your eyes, quote unquote, worse very quickly. So the number one thing is like when you don't need distance vision glasses, you don't wear them. And when people have strong enough glasses, 
they still need glasses even for close-up. So they get two pairs of glasses. They get close-up glasses that are less strong and distance glasses. And every three to four months, the vision improves. So they're buying two pairs of new lenses, right? New close-up lenses and new distance lenses. So I would really be making good money in this case. But actually, <laughs> anybody who'll sell them to you, a lot of people buy online, they're supportive optometrists. Like this is not something that is unknown, right? Like a lot of the science that I quote is from peer reviewed clinical studies from, from journals that are written for optometrists and ophthalmologists. So the, the stuff I'm saying is I didn't invent this, right? Like this is well known. So there are some optometrists who are aware of this and there are some optometrists who agree with this. Like we have a fairly larger-ish Facebook group. And every so often, like every few weeks, somebody pops up and says, they found an optometrist who says, yes, I will sell you lower adopter glasses, but you have to agree to, right? Like practice some responsibility for yourself. Most yeah. people buy online though. Most people just go online and buy stuff. Okay, cool. So what about people who don't have glasses, don't wear glasses? How do they protect their vision in this world of technology? That's a good question. And that, I think that starts with parents and children. Um, the One of the really tragic things that, that really, really, really frustrate me on a personal level is I got a lot of email from parents in the, in the more recent years, a lot more of young children needing glasses. And we're talking three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. And the number one thing starting out in youth is what I always say is an iPad is not a babysitter, right? Like, yeah, it's, it isn't like I have two kids and there's one thing they're not allowed and that's phones. Zero percent ever, right? They can watch cartoons. They can watch cartoons at a TV distance, right? Like six feet away is fine. But half of an arm's length, a little kid in a stroller will 100% lead to that myopia symptom. 100%, 90%. Yeah. I mean, right. that's what I see is it, it, it's got to be. I mean, you think about, I think about it for myself personally, what happened over, let's say, a five or six year period of time as an adult. Um, with just a lot of screen time because of my business. And then you think about these small kids and their, you know, their eyes and their, you know, development. And they have so, you know, obviously technology will probably just continue to grow and grow and grow. And they have so much of a life to live. Yeah. And 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 the other thing is I I deal with a lot of people. And I can tell you right from the beginning, just from hearing somebody's story how successful they will be and how challenging it will be. And for example, somebody who works in front of a computer, but for example, has surfing as a hobby, they'll be fine. Like literally, like if once they know just the general approach of close-up glasses, distance glasses, reduce them every three to four months, there's something called active focus to challenge your eyesight a little bit. If you have a hobby that requires distance vision surfing is a really great example because you have to drive to a spot you have to get to a spot you have to set up and then you have to look out for waves you're, you're spending so many hours really using distance vision that your vision will improve very quickly because you're using your eyes on the on the contrary somebody in hong kong who lives in a city that's that's confined into tiny spaces where 
all of your friends are playing on the phone, even when you're meeting for dinner and your, your recreational time is spent in front of screens, it's very hard to improve your eyesight. Basically, the short version is if you can get away from screens when you're not working and if your leisure time and your people time and your enjoyment time is spent observing the world around you, it's a lot easier to have good eyesight than when your recreational habit is looking at a screen. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure nature too, just being out in nature and, you know, observing the landscape and things of that where our eyes naturally, you know, exist, which is before we developed all of this technology and buildings and and false lighting and all of these things, I'm sure that is helpful and healing as well. And you um, say on one of your videos, like three hours of screen time, one hour like off of screen time? Is that still something you follow? It's ideal. I absolutely do. Because if I spend more than three hours in front of a screen in one go, I just, I can't, like I've reached the point. You have a strain awareness in your eyes that over the years gets numb till the point that you don't notice it anymore. So if you start taking very regular breaks, a lot less than three hours, like half hour, in every half hour or so for the first month, and then you can go longer because of course we need we need time in front of the screen. You eventually get to the point where you have strain awareness back. And when you have that, you will know when you need to stop because your eyes will just feel terrible. And I can't believe that I used to be able to spend eight hours in front of a screen because now after three hours, it's just, it's physically painful and I have to get away from it. Of course, there's jobs where you can't do that. There's situations where you can't do that, but you can adopt your own, you know, break schedule that, that will work. Um, the main thing being is you just cannot spend eight hours in front of a screen in one go and expect your eyes to be okay. Cause that muscle, that whole time is just super tense. Yeah. And is it different? Like, let's say if somebody was reading for eight hours, a book and it's not a screen, is that different? It will be a lot better. It will be a lot better. You will notice less eye strain than you will from a screen. And the why of that could be debated. Another example, and just because I don't want to forget, as, as I'm looking, because we're doing audio only, but I can see you, you're sitting in a dark room. Um, already, your eyes are much more strained from you're looking at a single bright spot surrounded by darkness. If, you're, if you had a full spectrum light setup, without the UV part, of course, but just nice wide spectrum ambient lighting, your eyes would feel a lot better. Right? Like if the screen brightness is about the same as your ambient brightness and it's all just nice lighting, it's a lot less stressful. And there would be a lot less of those glare and reflections in the lenses too. Like you spend two hours in, in the, your present environment versus one where you had like, for example, either just lighting that has full spectrum or natural light, you'll feel completely different after a few hours in front of the screen. Like you'll notice it if you try it a few times and compare. That's a great point. Yeah, it's, I mean, everything about, I, I have to just develop a new plan around this because sometimes I'm in front of huge bright lights when I'm on camera, right? And it's not natural lighting and it's very bright. And I imagine that's not great for my eyes. And then other times I'm in front of a screen. But I think the key is, you know, and from watching some of your videos, it just, it really, um, <laughs> great analogy, opened my eyes to, to the, um, 
the need, I mean, on every different level, I think we need breaks and we need to go outside and we need to be, you know, in nature and we need to use our eyes more naturally in the way that they were intended. And you could equate that to really anything for your health, right? Taking, taking time away. And so it's, it's like across the board, it goes, oh yeah, I didn't ever think of that for my eyes, but it makes so much sense. There is, it's fascinating to me. We've had conversations with just friends and friends of friends that do podcasts and a couple of people have really stuck out to me that are big into diet stuff like keto people and all these things and we were like hey maybe we should chat about eyes and they would say to me that's not really our topic and i'm fascinated by this because it's all connected right like the whole system is is a connected system right you you, you can, may have a great diet and practice yoga and have just all of these wonderful things but if you neglect your eyesight, like the whole system is going to be affected by the fact that you can't see clearly well, right? Like you have this great healthy body, but when you're trying to function with it in your environment, especially if you need to wear glasses, you, you don't have peripheral vision, your emotion is affected, your social behavior is affected, people get anxiety from not having peripheral vision, all of these things that are so often ignored by people that are otherwise really into health. Interesting. That's fascinating to me because I absolutely feel like it's super important. And I think that until you have the experience, like I said before, I had never even thought about my eyes because I didn't need to. And, and so it doesn't even occur to me. But since this experience where I've, you know, the past several years, there are several times where it's not fun to not see clearly, right? It's not easy. It's not fun. It's, you know, it's more to think about. And even like, let's say you don't have your glasses. It's like, it's straining your eyes, which is even more strain on your eyes. And so it just, I don't know, something in me just has always believed like I would be able to reverse it or change it back. And so when I found your work, I was just like, oh, this is great because I've been just kind of putting out there, what's the solution to this? Because I feel like, um, I do feel intuitively like it's it's a never ending process. So once you get on the train, if you keep getting on the train, like, you know, for instance, you'll go back and you'll need a stronger and a stronger and a stronger. And so that doesn't feel happy. That doesn't feel good. And so I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to, I'll let you guys know, everybody who's listening, how this process goes, but I'm, I'm excited to just kind of use your methodology and see how that starts to translate. And I'm going to be more committed to just taking a break in the middle of my day. I'm lucky because I get to set my own schedule. So I can really, you know, build my day how I need it to be. And, and so I need to take better advantage of that for the sake of my two little beautiful eyes. <laughs> yeah. And especially like small adjustments, like it's not people always or often try to make this massive change or they get really excited in the beginning, but then they lose track where my, mostly my approach is based on make small cumulative habit changes. You know, for example, avoiding dark rooms and working in front of screens in dark rooms as much as possible, just as a habit, it's a little thing, but it makes a difference. Right. And then if you don't need the current amount of strength of your glasses and you can go down just one little step, you know, another little cumulative bit, right? And then a little taking breaks more frequently and just building that into habits. 
six months from now, a year from now can have a cumulative, much larger effect than how it feels, how much effort it feels it took. Yeah, it's such a great point. And don't you think everything is cumulative one way or another? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You put those glasses on, you didn't think about it, you sit in a dark room, you work, and five years from now, right? Like you need yep. those things all the time. So choose your cumulative. <laughs> It's so true. Well, this has been great. I'm just super grateful for you putting this together. I know it's not your main career, as you mentioned, um, but it's great that you saw that there was a need and that people were coming together about it and that you've continued to show up and have these conversations and share this information. I'm certainly grateful. And I think, I think it's valuable. And I think that, you know, from what I see with technology and, and I, I don't think anybody can be um, not listening to this information. I think it's important. I mean, if we're all here on the planet using technology and that's only increased over time exponentially. And so to start paying attention, whether somebody is wearing glasses or contacts or not at all, to just start paying attention to this, I think is valuable and important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and technology is amazing, but when we use it, like there's no repercussions for it we end up in these situations where these things sometimes consume more of us than they should. Yeah, it's so true. So for anybody listening, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to share where people can join your Facebook group and find out more of your information and videos. So the main website is endmyopia.org, uh, E-N-D-M-Y-O-P-I-A.org. And from there, there's Facebook group, you have a forum, YouTube channel. We have some apps that help you measure eyesight. There's all kinds of free resources that it, there's a lot there. So the first time you visit, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but it's completely worth looking at it like a project. Like you're going to invest a few weeks and learn about how your eyes will be better off. Yeah. And there were some great videos, you guys. I mean, really a lot of the stuff that Jake was describing goes into even more detail about how the eye works. It's fascinating to learn this stuff. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't focus on this. And so you've done a beautiful job of just really educating people. And, and once we become educated, just like anything with holistic health or wellness, once you become educated, you do start to make changes because you see like you've never seen before. And you're like, whoa, I don't want to be doing that anymore. Wow, I want to move in that direction. Um, and it really does cause those little changes over time. So I think, you know, I think it's really valuable to just become educated. I mean, in, in this world at this time that we live in, we really need to take it upon ourselves to educate ourselves. Cause I don't think we always get all the information and all the true information. And so thank you for putting together an easy resource for people. And it's been wonderful to have you on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Sean. I really appreciate it also. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.